one of my favorite songs too. And it's one of the days that I really wish that I was a bass. And, and over there, I pretend that I am as I'm singing. And my wife nudges me and, you know, not so loud. And, but I still sing it as loud as I can and see if I can get others off key as well. want to let you know of something that's really exciting. The campaigns, as most of you are aware of, are in the process of uh, adopting a child uh, from, from China. And um, they uh, have been approached by... Uh, the the owners of Cherry Berry, it's a new uh, ice cream parlor here in town uh, that has wonderful different flavors of ice cream. Uh, and they, on March 21st, uh, they have invited all the friends and family and anybody who wants to come to Cherry Berry between 4 and 8 on March 21st, that's this Thursday. Uh, if you go in there and buy ice cream, 15% of... Uh, of the ticket will go uh, towards uh, a fund for the campaign. So the ice cream is great, and it's an even better cause. So I want to encourage you to head out to Cherry Berry on Thursday uh, and enjoy some ice cream. Uh, and you can take me with you if you want to go. I'll, I'll, I'll eat, and, and I'll, I'll help take one for the team. Uh, let's uh, stop for a moment uh, for a prayer. Father God, we just pray that as we look at this uh, text that we will be reminded um, of what you have in store for us, and there's nothing here on earth that compares to it. Lord, we just want to give you all the honor and praise and glory. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Uh, we're now going to uh, enter into what I, I consider a difficult text, uh, just because um, as a preacher, I never really like to talk about money. I, it's, it's something that always makes me a little weird. Uh, but I think it's important that we broach this subject and look at it uh, in a way that we have a better understanding of what God's plan is for us. There was this uh, a wealthy man, he was a bit uh, eccentric, uh, and he, he was so set on hanging on to his money that he wanted to take it with him. Uh, so he, he devised a plan, he called in three of his friends together, and he says, here's what's going to happen. I only have a, a few days left uh, to live, but I want to take my money with me. And so I'm giving each one of you a million dollars in cash, and I want you to hold on to that money. And at my funeral, right before they close the casket, I want you to slip that money in there. I'm counting on each of you to do that. And so they all think it's a little strange, but they agree to do so. And of course, the man does in fact die, and as they're at the funeral, the three men all gather together, and they're there, and the first guy goes to give his money, and he looks at the other guys and says, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed, uh, you know, um, there was a house that my wife and I were looking at, and I really wanted to get it, and so I didn't know if he'd really notice, and so I took $500,000 out, and but I'm still going to put this $500,000, so he sits it into the casket. And the second man says, says uh, well, I guess I shouldn't feel so bad because there was this sports car that I've always wanted. Um, and, and so I decided that I would take out 200000 to buy it. So, I mean, it's not perfect, but it sure is better than you blowing half of it. And the third guy says, you guys are terrible. I can't believe he asked for one thing, and you didn't do it. He says, I'm giving him the entire million dollars, and he pulls out a check, and he sets it into the, into the coffin. You know, the thing is, you can't take the money with you. You can't take it with you, and, and that's, if there's one thing that Jesus is going to say in verses 19, 20, and 21 of Matthew 6 in his Sermon on the Mount, it's that you just can't take anything with you. 
the Sermon on the Mount uses the word reward nine different times up to this point. And while he's talked about reward, uh, you get your reward from men and the things that you do. And you know, if you fast and you want everybody to see it, Jesus says, yeah, you're going to get your reward. People are going to see it, but that's it. But God offers you a different reward. And now he's going to try to compare and contrast these two different types of of rewards. So as we look at verse 19, it says this. The first part says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Uh, The word uh, do not is in the imperative in the Greek. Present imperative. And so what that's basically saying is, Jesus is saying in the Greek, he's saying, Do not keep storing up for yourselves. He's indicating that this is not a problem that they could have. It's likely he's implying that this is a problem that they already have. Which is foreign to all of us because none of us have issues with money, right? None of us. Except for probably 75% according to statistics that say within a church body, 75% of the people are struggling with money. And so here Jesus, is all, he's not saying, well, it could happen or likely is happening. He's saying, stop doing it. Stop storing up for the things here on earth because I have something that's greater for you. But if you're too busy trying to hide that stash of money in that cardboard shoebox underneath your bed, then you're really going to miss out what I have for you. Jesus was calling them to change their priorities. Another word that I find interesting is the word store up. In the Greek, it, it, is, a, it is a word play. Uh, it, it's, it's this word uh, thesaurus. Uh, and he uses this word twice. He says, do not apathoros your thesaurus. What he's saying is, do not treasure your treasures that you have here on earth. Don't think of them so highly that you want to hoard them and keep them and collect them and get more of them. Reminds me of the story years ago as they had an interview, a 2020 interview, a young man in his early 20s, he was the first person, he was the youngest person, excuse me, to make a million dollars by himself. He didn't inherit or earn it from the ground up, he had made a million dollars. And as he was talking to this woman who was interviewing him, uh, she says, okay, uh, he had, he had con- said that his goal was to make a million dollars. And she says, okay, what are you going to do now? You're 23 years old, you've made a million dollars, you've reached your goal, what are you going to do now? And he says, well, you know what, I think I want two million. Do you think if he made it to the two million dollar mark, he says, I'm done, it's over, I quit? I've got all that I want, I don't need any more. No, in all likelihood, as Jesus is referring to, it's just not going to be enough. Money could buy things, but there was also something else that people thought of when they thought of money then, and I think even now too. Somehow we get the idea that if someone has money, it's because maybe God has shown favor upon them. And he's blessing them with more money. Have you ever thought that way? Maybe you looked around and you see other people who have money and you think, man, 
How come God has given them all that money, but He's not given me enough? You know, why don't you bless me a little bit more, God? See, somewhere we get confused that maybe if we have more money or we get more money, that just maybe that's God's way of smiling on us. To say that He's proud of us. And certainly this was the case back in Jesus' time in which if people had money, it was thought as though, well, God must be favoring them and they must be really righteous. So the more money you had, the more righteous that you were. And Jesus Jesus says, don't treasure these treasures because they're just not going to last. He continues on, and in the NIV of the 1984 and other versions, they're going to use the word rust, where moth and and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Now, this is pretty perplexing when you think about, because if you have a really big treasure, it's something that you want to last. But who's the arch nemesis of the treasure that Jesus is talking about? A moth. Jesus is saying, hey, if your treasure is that good, why should you be worrying about a moth? In fact, the word that they use for moth is interesting because it, it's a various group of insects that include not only the moth, but I didn't know this, that there actually is an insect that's known as a bookworm. And that's not the person who sits in the library. There actually was this insect that would get into papers and documents and books and start eating away. And unlike Barnes and Noble and all these different places, the libraries where we could go and get books... They didn't have that. And so the thought of a bookworm getting in to their book collection, how small it would be because it would have been very difficult to be able to obtain those, would have been tragic. And even in cases it talked about where these, these insects would get in and start eating up these contracts and these deeds in which people had, and in, in doing so, their treasure was gone. And the moths would come in and take what was so sacred to these people, these beautiful robes that meant so much to them. And all it took was a tiny insect to take it away. And Jesus says, that's not really security. And he also talks about this word rust, which is an interesting word, because it really, it's it's the word that means eating. Uh, And so the new NIV translated it as uh, uh, varmints. Is that the correct word? Vermin. When I think of vermin, I, I think of varmints, where um, I almost said Toucan Sam, and that's not his name. The crazy guy with the cowboy hat and the guns. You, Yosemite Sam. Those crazy varmints. And he's always looking out for them. And that guy, I'm just, I'm thinking, I wish that guy would just settle down. I mean, surely there's some medication he could take where he could, you know, put his guns back up and just stop worrying. But that's what treasures on earth do, is they cause us to worry about the things that we want and the things we want to keep and the things that we don't want to lose. And in in doing so, we really miss out on what God has planned for us. And then, of course, he talks about where thieves break in and steal. Jesus is underscoring the fragility of their fortune. He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth 
where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. And so I took a moment and I tried to translate it and make it a little bit more 21st for us. And maybe uh, it'll hit home just a little bit more. I suppose if Jesus were standing here today and he was talking about this subject, he might say something like, do not store up for yourselves in a world where markets dip, computers crash, and cars break down. He might say, do not store up for yourselves in a world where clothes go out of style, dollars depreciate, and electronics become obsolete. Don't store up for yourselves in a world where eight tracks are out of date, bell bottoms are out of style, and nations are out of debt. Don't store up for yourselves in a world where cars rust, hair grays, and food spoils. Don't store up for yourselves in a world where planes crash, arteries clog, and bridges collapse. Where vision fades, eyes fail, hearing fails, and teeth fall out. Don't store up for yourselves in a world where thieves raid, teams trade, and friends are betrayed. What he's saying is, nothing that you see is important. And to put it quite plainly, matter doesn't matter. The things that we can see, the things that we can touch, they're not going to last. There is nothing right here that is likely to be around in 100 years. In all honesty, most of us won't be around in 50 years. Maybe the building will survive. Quite possibly in a hundred years, this building is still standing if the Lord has not come. But your cars, gone. Your houses have probably been dilapidated to a point that they have been condemned and bulldozed and there's now a super mall that's going to be in its place. Nothing that you can see or touch Your bodies will decay. Your money won't matter anymore. Nothing that we see or touch today will be here. Paul talks about that our bodies are merely tents in which we are living in. But it will be the eternal home that God calls us to. The thing that is so interesting for people who love money is that it is a lose-lose situation. They are either going to run out of money before time is up, or they are going to run out of time before the money is up. There's no way they will be satisfied. And so Jesus continues on in verse 20, But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Jesus contrasts the worthlessness of earthly treasures with the treasures in heaven. I want to take a moment and I I want us to get a visual image of what this is like. And so I'm going to invite Wyatt. Will you come up here, sir? I'm I'm going to offer you something. I I have a, a, 
uh, a couple different amounts of money, and I want you to think about here. Um, right here in this is $5, okay? I also have in here $5 million. Fill it. It's heavy. You never think, of, you never think about how, how heavy $5 million really is. Now, this was hard getting in. I, I had to pull a couple strings with Miss Lila. She is my banker down at the bank, and she, she let me borrow. You know what the interest is on $5 million? Um, and I'm only going to borrow this for a few hours, but this costs a lot. And so actually, uh, after we get done with services, um, I'm, Brad, maybe you can help kind of watch and guard this for me. Uh, I don't, I don't, if this is gone, I'm in big trouble. Okay, $5 million. So I want to give you an option. This is like real life money. Okay, $5 million, it's real life. Okay, so here we go. And then here we have $5. Okay, you know you love me, right? <laughs> Um, okay, so I just want to ask you, do you want the $5 right here, or do you want the $5 million? I was afraid he's going to say that. <laughs> okay, but the deal is, I've got to take that money back, and if I don't take it back, I'm going to be in trouble. So, would you rather have the $5 or the $5 million? <laughs> Okay, so what I'm trying to teach everybody here is that we don't need a lot of money. That $5 is great. You can go to the ice cream store on Thursday, and you can buy a a pretty nice ice cream cup with $5. So um, how about $5 instead of $5 million? He wants the $5 million. I knew I should have asked somebody else to come up here. He gets that from his mother. Okay, so... Uh, five, five million dollars. Okay, so you're positive. Would you, this is, this is, I mean, this is, this is real life money, okay? But right here, this is five, can you smell it? That's five, look it on there, look Lincoln, he's smiling back at you. You, would you please take this? No. You want the five million? Mm -hmm. Okay, he wants the five million. So, okay, nobody rushed the stage here, because... I could be in big trouble on this one. But he wants the $5 million, so I'm going to see if it's going to stay up here. I was going to handcuff it to myself, but I didn't want to lose my arm. Okay. By the way, what I do have in here, just to let you know, I have these My Love Lists. If you want to get these, we're going to be offering these in class. But I also have $5 million in real life money. This came from the, from the game Life. And so, I want to thank you. You just got five million real life dollars. That was a good thought there, bud. Yes. Now, stay here in just a minute. Don't lose that because we can't play life without that. It's going to be hard to beat you without it. Um, How much money is that really worth? Like a penny. Like a penny. Um, So, let's say if you decide you go to the ice cream store, Cherry Berry... Can, can you pay with that? Why not? It's fake. Okay, now if we were playing the game of life, if we were sitting in our dining room at the table and we were playing, could you use that during the game? Yes. yes. Okay, once we leave the table, is that money any good? No. no. It's only good when you're sitting there playing the game of life. But you can't use it anywhere else. So is it really any good? 
Not really. Okay, thank you for your time. Love you, bud. Okay. Um, Five million dollars. Life dollars. Okay, I want us to think about this in terms of our life because it is so hard to wrap our brain around the idea that what we have is only temporarily. Only temporary. Just like Wyatt and I sitting at the table playing life. That money is good while we're sitting there playing that game. But the moment that we step away from the table and close the board game, that money is useless. It means nothing to anybody else. He can take it anywhere else and say, look, I'll give you $5 million and they'll say, I don't want it. It's no good to me. The money that we have now is only good while we're sitting here at the table playing life. And that is for a very, very, very short time. And after that, it is no good. There will be no one in heaven heaven, standing around the water cooler bragging about how nice their house was while they were here on earth. No one's going to talk about the sports car that they had that went from 0 to 60 in 3.2 seconds. Nobody's going to care about the four-bedroom, three-bath house that you had in the nice neighborhood. It won't matter. In just a short time, it will be gone. And if we step away and see what eternity is compared to what we have on earth, the money and the clothes and all the nice luxuries that we think we have to have looks like play money. And God says, don't trade those worthless things for a treasure that I have for you. I have a reward prepared for you that is better than anything else that you can have. And he closes out in verse 21 and he says, Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In chapter 5, he says, if a man looks at a woman and desires or lusts over her, that's adultery. In chapter 6, he says, if a man looks at money and he lusts or desires over it, it's idolatry. Both of those keep us from knowing God and accepting the promise that He has for us. I want to close out with this thought. He says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The word heart in English, what does that mean? What do we say we say it's our heart? What word does that convey? Love. Love. That works in English, but in Greek the word is a little different. Uh, the, the word uh, for that they use, we use heart that talks about love. They use a different word. It's, it's one of my favorite words in the Greek because I just love saying it. It's the word splognon. It's just a beautiful word that just rolls off the tongue. And it's a word that Paul uses several times. And the word is actually translated as your inner parts, as your guts. 
And that's one of the words that they use to describe love when they say, I love you with my splognon. I love you with my small intestine. That's how they conveyed love. That's what love meant in many ways. Here, if, they, if you were to use the word cardia, that was their word for heart. But heart didn't just convey an idea of love. It was an all-encompassing organ. It was the organ that, yes, was about love, but it also meant the center of your very being, and it also included, listen to this, your priorities. When Jesus says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, He's not just indicating that if you have treasure, that's what you love. He also goes beyond that. And says, if you have a treasure there, that's where your priorities are going to lie. That if you really care about money, then your life is going to show it. But if your treasure is in heaven, it's not just about loving God. It's about making Him a priority in your life. You see, when Jesus talks about your treasure and the love in which you have, He's also revealing that it's not just about deep affection, it's also about an eternal destination. Because where your treasure is, that is where you're going to be. It's kind of a dumb question to ask where you want to be, right? If I say in 50 years, where do you want to be? In 100 years, where do you want to be? In 200 years, where do you want to be? Okay, wait, wait, okay. Let's go. What about 1,000 years? Where do you want to be in a thousand years? Okay, how about 10,000 years from now? Where do, do you see where we're going with this? Why are we concerned about where we're going to be in six months or six years or 20 years when God says, I am preparing a place for you and it will last forever and ever and ever. Don't get caught up in the treasures on earth. Start saving up for heaven. And that's where your love is, and that's where your priorities will lie. And so this morning, it's time to go to the bank of heaven and open up an account and start depositing our treasure there. So that we can have a home with God forever. That's my challenge for us this morning. Is to rethink what really will matter. In one year. In 50 years. In 100 years. And the answer is going to be this. Your relationship with Jesus Christ. If there's any way that we can serve you this morning. We want to ask you to come as we stand and sing.